Let's have some fun. Hey guys, it's Juliana Rowe, but you can call me Huli. And that's nice. I'm a visual artist in St. Petersburg, Florida. Making art is my main hustle, but I've been an art educator for 10 plus years, anywhere from public schools to art museums. In fact, I've got two terminal degrees in this nebulous thing called art. This podcast is for the cool kids, so you can get my take on how to make and sell art, all the way to teaching a new generation of artists. Remember, next time someone asks you to design something for free, art is hard. Welcome back to your favorite podcast in the world, Art is Hard. It's showtime. When you're an artist and an art teacher like me, that's pretty much asking to be poor. It's going to be an awkward subject, but we're going to talk about how to get your money right. That's right. It's me, Huli Rowe. Of course, no creative or educator does what they do for the money. That's not the point. We do it because we love it. It has its own reward. But you got to put bread on the table and you have to have that Wi-Fi to be a real person. So we're going to break it down for you. I'm here to help. We're going to talk about starving artist budgeting. Now I am talking to my newbies and my ninjas, as my friend likes to say. Let's start with my art babies and my high school students that are getting ready to go out into the world. And then I'll address you, ninjas of art. If you are anything like me at this point, Student loans suck money away for a really long time. So if I were you friends, I would give community college a second look. I'm not kidding. I actually didn't even attend community college, but at this point, I kind of wish I had. You always want to go where the money is first. If you're getting a full ride somewhere, if you're getting stuff paid for it, that should be your number one choice. But if options are limited, give community college a second glance. First of all, get that beautiful FAFSA filled out, whether you're getting scholarships, grants, or taking out federal loans, you gotta have that thing in the bag because that's how they look at you and make sure that you qualify for all those beautiful things. Let's face it, your first two years, your courses and credits are gonna be exactly the same wherever you go. Your first two years are a wash. The only difference is you are going to save a lot of money, my friend. If you do have a dream school in mind for your junior and senior year, just make sure that those credits transfer over to that school before you start making any decisions on where you want to go for year one and two. Then again, if you're a smarty pants and earn some scholarships, go where the money is, silly. So for example, I went to USF for my BFA in studio art on a Florida Bright Futures, which paid for 100%. No housing was necessary because I already lived in Tampa. I'm a tampon originally, and the cost was zero. So of course, that's what I went with. If your choices are limited, once again, there's a ton of my own students that were in the same situation, check out community college and make it happen for yourself. The first two years are kind of a throwaway. Everybody has to get their basics done. So why not just save money on those credits, right? when I was already working at my adult job, I went ahead and earned my MA at another school. The Master's in Art Education program at UF was an awesome choice for me to further my career. I got to work and go to school at the same time. What was even more awesome is that my school district actually offered to supplement the cost of my graduate degree by paying for all of the education classes. I did still have to take out federal loans for the art studio credits, but it was absolutely worth it, and it was significantly less than what it could have been in another program. So do your research, y'all. You're probably thinking, yeah, that's great, Huli, but I got student loans now. How? Well, you're in my boat too, my friend, because graduate degrees are not cheap. So here's what I would do first. You gotta face the music and smell what you're stepping in. 
log on to that online account. Don't throw away those loan papers, even though you don't want to look at them and really take a look at what you owe. I know it can be scary, but it is super necessary, y'all. If you're having problems locating this information, just give their customer service line a call. I know we millennials hate to call people on the phone, but you owe it to yourself and them to know the amount owed and the interest rate. Okay, you need to figure out a game plan to get this nut paid off. Just like a credit card, you're going to overpay for interest and that number is really not gonna budge if you're doing the minimum payment. Even if it's just $10 more than what they're asking, do it. Sorry, that's two less pumpkin spice lattes from Starbucks this fall or you'll have to ditch one less six pack craft beer for pedestrian cores while drinking at home but you can look cool at the brewery later. You'll definitely need a cold one to do the next step. Once you know that big scary number, go to Credit Karma and use their free debt payoff calculator. I actually did it myself too, and it was really eye-opening. You can enter the amount owed, the interest percentage, and you can enter the monthly payment to see how long it will be before you are debt-free. Just do what you can handle and overpay your monthly payment, guys. It's as simple as that. All right, art makers, couponing isn't just for moms with cool jeans. Before you walk into Michael's, Blick, Joann's, anywhere you re-up your art supplies, get on your smartphone and search for coupons. There's almost always one for 40% off somewhere. I usually take a screenshot of the coupon's barcode before entering in the store, and I just bring it up to the cashier when I check out. Sometimes their Wi-Fi or my signal feels like being a butthole, so taking a screenshot is really good so you don't have to pull up the website right then and there. All right, I'm gonna pop some tags. Y'all, the thrift store is life. Ever since I was in high school, that was the thing. Literally for anything, including art items. You'd be surprised how many framed canvases they have back there. A lot of my original pop portrait collections I had in a frame and got to even custom paint that frame and charge a little bit more for that not only being on canvas, but actually being framed as well. I would scout the ugly 70s hotel art to bring home with me. That's the best kind. I would then gesso the canvas, Make sure it's good quality so you don't have to do like 69 coats of it and sand the frame so I can paint it a custom color to go with my portrait. And you only spent $4.99. Move that decimal point about two spaces to the right, $499, and it is now priced accordingly for original art sale, y'all. That's what you're looking for. All right, call me a hypocrite, but sometimes I am not the best at cleaning up my art supplies. I hound my students all the time to do this, and for whatever reason, I just have such a hard time with it. But guess what? Clean up, clean up, everybody, everywhere. That's right, that annoying Barney song I play for them too. You've got to clean your art supplies after the deed is done. I always end up spending a little extra money replacing things that I neglected to clean. Secondly, like any art mom, as my kids call me, that takes care of their art babies, I also want them to be better than me. I don't think you necessarily have to buy brand name supplies, just know thyself and keep vigilant. If you are absolutely committed to taking care of your Faber-Castells, no, I'm not paid by them, but they are my favorite brand, and your Windsor & Newtons, also one of my favorite brands, then by all means get the good stuff, but spending a little more on the sexy 100% horsehair bristles from a little country village in Europe might make you think twice about leaving them junky. Hey, guess what? There's this cool app, Instacart is Bay. If you're lucky enough to live in Florida and have access to both Publix and Aldi, check out Instacart to do your grocery shopping. I'm sure they have it in the other states as well, but those are the two that I use here down in the Sunshine State. I really like this concept of pick up groceries because it prevents me from picking up random stuff while I meander through the store. I know they say don't walk through hungry, but honey, I am always hungry and I always pick up extra stuff to eat. 
and I grab every shiny thing in sight like a distracted cat. Meal planning for the week ahead makes it so much less stressful to ask yourself, what am I doing for dinner? I feel like that's the conversation John and I always have almost every day. Usually I'll meal plan for the week on a Saturday morning after my lesson plans for the school week. During the week, I am not feeling it. I just want to relax after a full day of dealing with children. I typically use America's Test Kitchen or Pinterest to search for recipes. Some of my favorite things to put on my Amazon wish list when it's my birthday or Christmas are cookbooks so I can pick out recipes while getting enticed by the beautiful, glossy, full-color photos. So if you're more of a visual person, go with the cookbooks. Right now I'm into Anthony at Home, you know Anthony from Queer Eye, and Sarah Adler's Simply Real Eating. She even has real methods for meal prep planning, which I really like. I'm Miss Type A organized, so I really like the way that she has everything planned out. I make a grocery list from the recipes, order them on my Instacart app, and do curbside pickup. It's free at Publix. They do charge a little bit more on their products. You just have to keep an eye on it, and it's just like $1.99 at Aldi. Grocery shopping literally takes me 10 minutes, and time is money. The goal is to cook dinner at least four times a week. I don't always cook dinner every night. Sometimes I grab a pizza for the family, and it's so awesome. There's no dishes. I get it. But at least four to three nights works out pretty well. Eating out can add up super duper fast, and they really get you with the drinks. When you're eating out, just hydrate, get a cup of water. Once again, look cool at the brewery later, and just choke down your Chipotle with some high-quality H2O. What happens when it's the most expensive time of the year? Okay, so the holidays is literally the most expensive time of the year for us. Giving artwork or other things you made yourself for holiday gifts is the best. Your family and friends will enjoy it more. It's personal and you can plan on making these ahead of time. So start taking orders probably around now, around the fall time. I would start asking if anybody wants you to make them something. I wouldn't offer to make something anything they wanted because most people don't realize how much time and effort an art piece can be. You'll end up being salty instead of jolly, as the obligatory mood of the season, of course. Pay attention to things that you enjoy for inspiration and use your best judgment for what you can and can't do in time. Hand-painted ornaments always work, if nothing else. I love doing those. I can crank out a bunch and I use paint markers on blank ornaments and everybody loves them. December will wreak havoc on the artist's wallet. But it doesn't have to if you can use your time and talent instead of your money. All right. I want to get a little more psychological. Psychological? Yeah, that's the right word. I want to get more psychological here. When you buy something and you feel like you really want to buy something, this is something I struggle with. Ask yourself, do I really need this? I've come to recognize in myself that when I get stressed out or if I'm down, I tend to do retail therapy. You got to delete those email sale lists off your email address from Abercrombie and everybody else. Take them off your mailing list because you're going to be tempted to go on there and only shop when you absolutely need something. You have no idea how many times I've convinced myself I need a silly thing that I can absolutely survive without. And maybe it's time to reevaluate your inner dialogue when you make a purchase. Hools, yes, I'm guilty. time and money saver that I love as an artist. Invest in your own printer. If there is one thing Andy Warhol has taught me, I call him Art Jesus, it's making money is art. You can absolutely take a good quality photo of your original piece with a digital camera, charge that $499 we talked about for the original piece, then go make prints to sell. 
Most people don't care that it's handmade using the finest gold leaf, that you cried for two weeks straight while making it, or that you sacrificed three shifts at the Mellow Mushroom to get it done. Yes, I'm speaking from personal experience. They just think it looks cool and want to be able to afford it. I use the Canon PIXMA IP8720, and it prints 11 by 17 posters like a dream. Frame it with Amazon bundled poster frames. By the way, in my experience, no one bought my loose prints and don't want to do the extra step to frame it themselves. And stick a collection in a cool venue. I talk a little bit about this in venues for art that sell in my first episode. They will fly off the shelves. I actually end up making more money on prints than I do my original work because I can spread several collections around different venues. And, you know, it does take a little bit more time and effort to find that special person that wants to invest in that original art piece. And I would check out Venues for Art That Sell for a little bit more information about that. And if you end up being one day a baller shot collar 20-inch blades on the Impala, why not get a Tesla solar roof? I'm not kidding. My neighbor started getting one and I was super jealous. Yes, they cost about $27,000, but will save you like 50K in 25 years or so. <laughs> so you get your investment back. I'm not big pimping yet, but you best believe I'm going to get one as soon as I get that lotto ticket win. All right. It's everybody's favorite time in the podcast, and that is the homework. Let's go. That's what you're looking for. All right, and just like my other episodes, guys, you're going to go to www.artbyhooli.com slash hw6 because this is the sixth homework assignment. And what you do is when you go to that website, you're going to enter in your email address, and then I send you via email your free download. This freebie is, yep, you guessed it, it is a starving artist budget checklist. It also is going to include some clickable links to debt calculators, and other really helpful things that I talked about during this podcast, including the same printer I use, the Instacart app, the different places I get coupons for art supplies, all that good stuff. And I think no matter what your situation is, like my friend likes to say, if you're a newbie or a ninja, it is going to help to take a look and kind of evaluate your financial situation. I'm sick of the artist being starving, being a thing. I'm done with that. Look, I know we're artists and we're all loving living in a fantasy world, but we got to be conscious of those lovely habits creatives tend to ignore because we're too busy making magic. Live long and prosper, my friends. See you next time. Anything that you want to do.